Hello and welcome to the episode of Beyond Friends, a podcast through her eyes. We're your co-hosts, Sunny and Minty. Thanks for joining us today. And if this is your first time listening to us, we're happy to have you here. Let's get started. One of the things that we talk about a lot in our podcast is just general awareness of like who we are, our identities, and you know, a lot of that stuff. And so I think today's really fitting episode that matches with some of the things we've talked about in the past. Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about like mental health and our journey with mental health, how we kind of build awareness around it, and some of the things we do to help in that mental health journey. Mm-hmm. So, what does mental health mean to you, Sunny? I think that's such a loaded question. I feel because I don't really know how to define mental health, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard. Like when I think of mental health, I think of, like, therapy. And then I also think about, like, um, the long term of, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like when I hear elders talking about, like, their stress or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, they say, like, they are stressed. Like, we have the word nuashia. Mm-hmm. But then I feel like they also say, like, like Mm -hmm. I'm crazy and I feel like just I don't know my understanding of mental health is like two extremes Mm -hmm. and it's hard for me to also define it and grasp it Mm -hmm. what about you? Mm -hmm. when I think about mental health I think a lot about just general well-being and like um yeah just like what's in your head mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's like kind of like you where I can't pinpoint exactly like defining it and I think there's a lot that goes into it there's a lot that affects our mental health and stuff but um when I do think about mental health I do think a lot about like the well-being and how people are doing and how they're actually doing are you thinking more like the psychology of a person mm-hmm. I wouldn't say so. I feel like I think more about, like, the... I mean, in some ways, yes, the psychology of a person because of how you cope Mm -hmm. and how you navigate different situations, Mm -hmm. but more so of, like, your emotional health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, I know you said that, like, you don't really have a grasp on what it might mean to you, but when was the first time you started to recognize mental health in your own life and, like, start to recognize that, like, mental health is a thing? I think I... I you know, you've always heard about it in school. Like, mm-hmm. there, like I just remember in school, they were like, these are signs of a depressed person. Mm-hmm. Or like, is your friend depressed? Mm-hmm. You know, like those mm-hmm. type of pamphlets. So I've seen it. Like I've, in middle school, high school? Yeah, like around that age. And I was always kind of like, oh, well, it's nothing. It like... Like in my in, in my head too, like it didn't make sense. Uh-huh. You know, like the the symptoms that they were saying. Because I was like, that doesn't make sense. Like none of my friends like that. You know, like nobody in my family is like that. Yeah. But I think it was when I, you know, just the older you got, and like your hormones are going crazy, and you're starting to like develop new ways of thinking and stuff like that. And I started to just really become more aware mm-hmm. of like my actual surrounding mm-hmm. and like how people were actually acting. You know, like you know, just the like that question of like hey are you okay yeah and you know you're always answering yeah and you walk away the conversation ends like that yeah but yeah i think it was i would have to say it took me a while until i was in college mm-hmm. when i remember i walked past one of my classmates because i was running late to another class and i walked past her and i was like hey how are you you know like if i saw you like let's say you were her i was like mm-hmm. hey Nancy, how are you you was just like oh i'm good but she's like i'm not doing good and i stopped and i was like <laughs> <laughs> were you like oh shit how do i respond? yeah i was like i was not trained for this part of the conversation <laughs> so i stopped and i was like okay uh how should i help you <laughs> like what do you need help with and she was like I don't know maybe just a hug or something and I 
hugged her and then I left and the conversation ended like that mm-hmm. and I was like okay well feel better like let me know if you need anything else and I left to go to class but I think that was the first time I was like oh like this is what it means to like I guess be truthful to yourself or like yeah. honor your emotions I think that was the first like thing that really I mean I feel like there have been like snippets in my childhood and like growing up where I've seen like mental health things going on but like it never fully blossomed to something that I saw happening mm. if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah that's interesting because I feel like for me I think you're right like back in middle school and stuff you always see like in health class we kind of talk about like oh like your physical health affects your mental health yeah but then I never like really understood what that meant and I remember being like a kid in middle school and high school wondering why I was like always so sad and there was actually a time in middle school where I like fucking cried so much like you already know I'm already a crybaby in general (laughs) but back in middle school I would cry a lot and like when I was at school like every little like small fight that I had with my boyfriend at the time I would cry to my friends like now looking back at it like yes those things did make me sad but in hindsight it was a lot of other factors in my life that was contributing to my depression at that age yeah that I didn't even know about because that was the time that my parents were going through a divorce right and that was the time that like my family was like hit by yeah like we were just going through a divorce and so it was really hard mentally and like the family dynamics and everything was changing and our house was going for foreclosure and everything so just with that life transition I was like very emotional and there was a time at school when uh it was like during passing time and I just like was start crying <laughs> to my mm-hmm. friends and they will always come and hug me and like comfort me and like ask like what's wrong and stuff and then my best friend at that time she just sat in class and I don't know why I remember this memory so vividly but she was just sitting in class and I stared at her and she stared at me and I think I was like waiting for her to come comfort me uh-huh. but she didn't and then it, instead it was like some of my other friends and then my teacher came and she was like oh my gosh what's like happening what's wrong and so I just took a minute outside by myself out there and then later after class when someone had asked my best friend at that time like why didn't you go comfort my team when she was crying she was just like this isn't anything new she's always crying and like mm-hmm. she's always doing this and for me like it felt so it was hard to hear that because yeah. for me I was kind of like damn am I really like an inconvenience yeah and a crybaby and stuff and is this really my routine like why why am I always so sad and why can't I control this more and so like at that young age I just I was just like dang like I don't know I'm I don't know why I'm always crying and emotional and then even throughout high school and stuff like I would continue like being sad and shit but like not really knowing um how to kind of let out my emotions healthily or like cope healthily and so yeah it was just like an interesting time in my youth to think about that so I feel like it wasn't until college when I started gaining more like language and starting being more honestly like emotionally aware and in Mm -hmm. tune with myself and like what I need what I like what I want and stuff too yeah yeah I agree okay now that you mentioned that in the previous episode I mentioned about like being a hothead as a kid I feel like that was what kind of manifested like I was just always angry Mm -hmm. I was just like I don't understand why things are like I 
I remember one time, horrible. I'm a horrible friend. One time, my uh, my old group of friends, like one of our classmates that my one of my friend was dating, um, he said some something really dumb, and all my friends were laughing. And I said, "What's so funny about that?" <laughs> Mm-hmm. And they all stop laughing, and they're like, "Well, you know, so and so made a joke, and it's funny, and we laugh about it." And I was just like, "I just think it's stupid for y'all to laugh <laughs> about it. Like, what's the point?" Uh-huh. You know, and like, um, I feel like I don't know. Like, I just think about like I like my parents were going through like also a divorce, but mm-hmm. like it was like much younger, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't really understand it. But I think I I understood it more when I, especially when I saw how elders treated us, mm-hmm. like when my when I saw like my friends' parents. Treat Treating me differently and stuff, and I was just always kind of like, "Bro, why is your mom a bitch? <laughs> like, yeah. like, what is all with her?" And then I understood, like, "Oh, it's because my parents are divorced, yeah. and like, you don't want her, your kids hanging out with me, yeah, stuff like that." And I think I just, I think that's why I grew like so resentful mm-hmm. or angry. I just remember one time my family were eating dinner, and I laughed, and my brother said the same thing to me. He was like, "It's not even that funny. Like, why are you laughing?" Mm-hmm. And I stopped laughing, and I was just like very angry because mm-hmm. I was like I was just very confused why he told me to stop laughing when I thought it was funny and then I was also just kind of like is laughing bad like you know like did I do something bad like mm-hmm. is that why I like I got yelled at like and you know like I also felt like this might be a different topic too <laughs> we're talking about divorce but I feel like I started to place a lot of like blame on yeah. things that were out of my control yeah. and I feel like that's kind of like what triggered <laughs> So I'm just laughing because I was like, damn, basically for both of us, <laughs> it's a divorce. Just kidding. Yeah, mom, dad. <laughs> Mommy and daddy issue. Yeah. Just kidding. But but yeah, I think those are like those type of situations I was in. Like I would have like random outbursts yeah. of energy, like of like, I was just really moody, you know? And again, I I was, I just said like hormones are rising and changing, right, right. which I, I, I would agree yeah. is like one of the main reasons. But I was, I was also just kind of like, it doesn't make sense for me to be like happy one minute and then really angry or like really sad the next right you know and I feel like I'm the scum of the earth <laughs> <laughs> you know like I just feel like I don't know and like I think it was great that you had friends that like comforted you uh-huh. or like you were able to seek them because I feel like I think that's what I envied a lot mm-hmm. and like that classmate at Augsburg like I really envied her because yeah. I was just like wow like I wish that I could do that but it also felt like it also felt stupid to ask to say that question to myself because I was just like you could do it you just don't do it yeah you know yeah but it's also kind of like well, who does it like no one does it right right right, right. so yeah that's interesting so do you feel like that experience with that classmate like you say that like you envied her but do you feel like you noticed anything like in your own behavior that changed after or did it make you more intrigued to like look into mental health and stuff I think it I think it intrigued me to just like I I mean what I envy was her being able to say that she needed help Mm -hmm. and I think that's what that's also what intrigued me was Mm -hmm. just like I just didn't know that like you can say that yeah and like because I know that when I was younger like of course I talked to my parents and my or my mom because I lived with her about like oh yeah I feel like this you know Mm -hmm. but then it was always downplayed because of the divorce you know it was always like you're a kid like you can't be you can't be you can be sad and stuff and I was kind of like thinking about it and I was like yeah you know like I didn't cross the Mekong River and survive a camp like I'm just here and my parents are going through a divorce and I just gotta suck it up yeah and it's kind of like especially for us like when a lot of our 
our mental health was, you know, challenged because of the divorce. I think, like, it's almost like our other people kind of bear that expectation to be sad for us. And so it's kind of like, because you're a kid, the adults are just going to work through it themselves. And so, like, whatever you're feeling, it's kind of, like, dismissed in some ways and stuff. Yeah. So with that being said, like, when do you feel like you started seeking for help? Or, like, when did you start taking action on your mental health and well-being? You know, honestly, I, again, like, I feel like mental health was just not something that was actively promoted Mm -hmm. to take care of. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't really, it was only until my junior year. That was my mental health was like the lowest it's ever been. And that's when I realized that like, you know, like the pamphlets I was saying about like, these are the symptoms of depression. (laughs) That's when I was like, oh my gosh. I think I have those symptoms. This is me. <laughs> yeah. And I, like, it's crazy, but, like, it's when I started, like, reading those things, or, like, st- you know, just, like, seeking resources. Like, I never, there's this uh, Center for Counseling, CTC, is that what it's called? At, at, at Oxford. Center for Wellness and Counseling. Yeah. So, we have, like, free counseling sessions, and I always, I think it was, yeah, during year, I, I like, I walked past it because I lived in the dorm. Mm-hmm. And I, I was always like, I just want to go in and talk to a therapist. Yeah. But then I had another, you know, we had another friend and he went in then. But I remember he was saying like he had to do a six month wait mm-hmm. to meet one. And I was like, I need help today. I can't wait for six months, yeah. you know. So I just never did it. Cause mm-hmm. I, and I also felt like very embarrassed because, mm-hmm. you know, like, they have student workers in their front yeah, desk. Yeah. And I was also just kind of like, oh, I don't want to, like, go in. And, like, mm-hmm. what if my roommates walk past? Or, like, you know, what if these things happen? So I was very embarrassed to go in and, like, was not was not willing to, like, step inside. Like, I think the only time I went in was with my supervisor at that time mm-hmm. to get um, free chocolates mm-hmm. that they had. But mm-hmm. that was it. Yeah. Um, but I officially started seeking help, seeking therapy. I think it was early this year or mm-hmm. last year. It hasn't been a whole year though. That's mm-hmm. why I know. What do you mean by like now you're seeking help? Or like what, so, what does that mean? Yeah, so I'm in therapy <laughs> um, and I feel like that's just, I don't know. It's been interesting because, you know, my mom was in therapy mm-hmm. when when my parents were going through divorce and everything and she would always come back home and tell us what she told the therapist. Mm-hmm. And she she will always be kind of like I went to the therapist today and she told me that y'all bad kids, <laughs> you know, like and what? stuff like that. And uh-huh. I, I was always like, fuck your therapist, <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. But then I was also kind of like, but is she lying to me, you know? Mm-hmm. So I I had like a really negative view of therapy because mm-hmm. I was just like I was like I don't even understand like why your therapist will say we're bad kids, mm-hmm. you know, or like why would you like talk about these things? Yeah, about us to your, to your therapist when they're not true, you know? Yeah. Which I think, I don't know. I think it's, like, just interesting. And, like, I really appreciate my therapist because she's small, mm-hmm. she's younger, uh, and I just feel like that's what I seek, you know? And that's also one of the reasons why I avoided um, our school's therapy sessions because there was only one Hmong person that was working there and they weren't even They weren't even a, a staff. full-time staff. Yeah. So it was, I was like, like, a graduate assistant. So I was like, what is the point of me going to like these white people who like I'm gonna have to explain everything yeah. or they're gonna think that they know everything about Hmong people so they're not gonna ask me to explain anything mm-hmm. and then you know so. yeah yeah what about you what, when was the first time you seeked help I think it's a very similar story to yours where like like I said earlier I didn't start 
recognizing like the language and the complexity of mental health until college because all of a sudden you go to college and it's like mental health this mental health that like self-care this self-care that and like they always be doing events on self-care or like mental health and like these health fairs and stuff and so that's when I was like starting to gain more awareness about it and um like once in a while we would I would go to events that were centered around mental health and just like discussion based stuff or like they bring in a speaker who's a mental health practitioner or someone Mm -hmm. in that um field to speak at school and so that's kind of when like I feel like the warm-up to me seeking help because similarly to you like those we got up to 10 free sessions at Mm -hmm. school but I always think like why didn't I utilize them you know because it could have been a beneficial resource just in terms of like having someone to talk to or work through my emotions with because in college I was also still very like stressed and didn't know how to navigate my stress a lot of the times Mm -hmm. and I felt like angry sometimes because of my stress and stuff too and so I did like whenever like you pass the office I'll be like ooh, should I just take a step in (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah but then um my sophomore year in college Mm -hmm. I was a resident assistant and one of my residents was one of the front desk workers and so it was kind of like almost like an awkward dynamic because it's like damn I kind of feel like I need to have my shit together because I'm like your RA and you and your roommates were having like issues yeah if you and your roommates have issues then like I need to be able to like step in so in a way does that almost like alter my credibility as an RA for you too which is really stupid like I don't feel like anyone should feel like that and feel that put that pressure on them but you know that's just like some of the things I thought about and so it wasn't until I was already graduated I think it was like my first year after graduation graduating from college I was going through a really hard time just with like my mom especially and relationships other relationships around me I felt like a lot of my relationships were being tested in different ways and like just being very challenged just in terms of the way we the differences that we had especially for me and my mom and so I was very you know falling to another depression during that time and so that's when one day in my car I got home and I was just like you know what like I always think about going to therapy I always say and preach about how good therapy is and like at that point um one of our friends who I always like encourage her to see this therapist she finally went and so I was like you know what like I need to stop telling other people to do things that I need for myself too if I'm not even gonna like own up to that and do it and so when I came home I just like called the office to set up an appointment and it was honestly scary because I didn't know how health insurance worked because I don't have my I didn't have my own health insurance at that time I was still using my dad's and then on top of that I was like oh shit are they gonna bill him what's he gonna think if like he'd be like what is this office what are you gonna see you know and not only that but like you know just the stigma of seeing a therapist it's like real in our communities too because even like for my mom she she probably doesn't believe in therapy and stuff like that you know and so um yeah it was like scary but that's when I finally chose to start seeing somebody about my health. Yeah, I I think that was similar to me. Um, I don't know if I finished my story by by senior junior year, but uh-huh. um, basically I knew I needed help when everything I was doing that brought me joy was not bringing me joy mm-hmm. anymore. Like you know me, like I love to do my nails, mm-hmm. and I did my nails like every single week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started doing them again. I just, I think there was like just one day I was doing it and I was just feeling really frustrated. Mm-hmm. 
And I was just like, I can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And then, like, you know, I was writing plays and stuff. And I was just like, I can't. Like, I can't create. Like, none of this is making me happy. Even though, like, it used to make me happy, like, so, like, a month ago or something. So, I just felt really, honestly, like, very depressed. Yeah. And, okay, so, like, a little borderline suicidal. Like, there's this joke of, like, oh, I wish a car would run over me. Like, I literally wish a car ran over me Mm -hmm. every single day of junior year. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, I hate it here. And then, I left the Japan. <laughs> and I let everything go. <laughs> so I had an eat, pray, love moment. <laughs> that was your escape. <laughs> but then, yeah, I mean, I that's how I escaped. And then mm-hmm. I was living my best life. And I think when the pandemic hit mm-hmm. and everything, that's when I was like... And then by that time, you and Payne were already in therapy. Yeah. And I was just like oh my gosh like y'all always kept talking about it and uh, you know like I've always said this like every time I'm with you I'm always inspired or like Mm. in awe and I'm just like if it works so well for them like it might just work for me yeah so that's when I started like seeking help and it was like honestly hard like my 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 therapist is not under a under like under insurance people so I just have to pay out of pocket every Mm -hmm. time but it was nice because like we're able to talk about like my financial situation Mm -hmm. and we're we're able to accommodate to me and I think that's what it was like I feel like when I hear you and Ping's bill for therapy Mm -hmm. I can't like during that time I think even I think during that time too I was getting paid $10 y'all and I was like oh I'm just too poor to afford therapy honestly yeah and maybe it's a luxury that I can't have mm-hmm. you know and I just kept telling myself that like I don't I can't have it because I can't afford it so there's no point you know yeah which is like so untrue because mm-hmm. like of course like mental health shouldn't be a luxury yeah it just, it's a, like something you just upkeep and yeah. it's a necessity yeah. yeah like it should be like a, a small tax every year right yeah or something like that. <laughs> not even <laughs> but you know like I yeah, don't know yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so yeah that's how I mm. that's kind of how my journey went like I I knew that I needed a lot of help and you know it was like after the death of George Floyd mm-hmm. and everything and I was just like I just didn't really know like how to feel I felt so many different things yeah. and I just wanted help and I I feel like I'm a very like self-aware person like I know when like all oh, these things are what triggers me and stuff and like I talked to myself so much that I was like this is therapy Mm-hmm. Or like you know, sometimes I would just like emotionally dump myself on like you and pain. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this is therapy. Like they have therapy, so I can just dump it onto them. And mm-hmm. if it's an issue with them, they can go talk oh to their therapist. Oh my gosh, like, <laughs> so, horrible! Like, <laughs> but that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I, was, yeah, yeah. I was like, it's okay. Like these are okay. These are this is normal. But then I realized, I started to realize that like I guess like it's. Like, it's a burden that I carry, but, like, I shouldn't place on others mm. just because, like, they're, they're having the help or they're seeking the help that they need, you know? Mm. That's, That's really interesting. interesting. I never knew you, like, processed it that way or, like, thought about it that way. Like, what makes it interesting? Yeah, I just didn't know that that's, like, how you processed what kind of, like, um, your reasoning. Because it is interesting how you people choose to, like, cope, you know? Because, I don't know, maybe, like, your way of coping was to talk it out with other people mm-hmm. but at the same time like do you do you feel like it was like I don't know did you feel like that was unhealthy for you or what to just talk with people yeah cause you mentioned about how like you like just poured it out in a yeah. sense yeah I okay I think uh, I think it's like there's a fine line of doing too much mm-hmm. 
And I kept feeling like maybe there's nothing to talk about therapy as well. But like mm-hmm. I kept feeling, and I've, I've said this to you before too, you and Ping before. But like I kept feeling like it was burdensome mm-hmm. to like continue to vent. Mm-hmm. But then like I kept venting about the same things, mm-hmm. and you guys kept giving me the same answers. Mm-hmm. And like you know already, like I have a hard time making choices for myself. Mm-hmm. So I just rely on everybody else <laughs> um, to make a choice for me. Right. I think that's what I kept trying to do with you two. And like you two are very strong about not making choices for others. Mm-hmm. Like one thing Ping loves to say, unfortunately she's not here to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to defend herself, but one thing she loves to say is like you can influence a person to make a choice, but at the end of the day they make that choice themselves. Right. I was just kind of like, I was wanting you two to influence me or like I guess sometimes I would talk to you too about my issues like it seemed like I was I had an answer already right and you two weren't matching that answer because it was always a do what you want yeah and I was always like okay but then like I need someone to validate my answer right you know and say it and I think that was what I that that's you know that's just what I realized and that was just yeah I don't know no I think that's a good point because like even for me sometimes when I talk to people to try to get that validation because mm-hmm. sometimes what you want is that validation and so when you ask and like people aren't giving you the answer you want mm-hmm. it's a little frustrating yeah. which isn't fair for the other people too because then you're kind of like oh, well in some ways like I wasn't asking them straight up for that validation too but then at the end of the day it's also like you're right like I think you are the one who makes your decisions and stuff like that for yourself so um, even if they can't provide it for you you have to like come to peace with that for yourself. Are you okay if we talk about costs? Yeah. And like yeah, <laughs> because it's expensive out there. Like I like I mentioned when I first called my therapist, mm-hmm. that was one of the first things that they asked me for is like just basic information because um, it was actually my therapist who picked up the phone, which I didn't expect. I thought that it would be like the front desk receptionist or something. Um, but yeah, she called. She picked up and she was just like, "Oh, thank you for calling in." Like she's very sweet, but um, she was just asking for like my basic information, and then she asked about insurance, and she was like, "Do you know?" if your insurance covers it I was like no I have no idea and then she's like okay and then she told me to like look at some stuff on the insurance card and so I think I started seeing her in the fall I started I think for the first two months that I was seeing her I saw her twice a month and then I we transitioned to once a month for the first part of me seeing my therapist it was all covered by insurance like by the health insurance with my dad but then all of a sudden when the new year started I kept getting these like statements that I needed to pay and I was so confused because I was like what the hell doesn't my insurance cover it so basically I don't know when the new year came around I don't know if my dad's like insurance changed or like if it was actually being paid from his HSA account or what I eventually had to start paying out of pocket and one session with her was over $200 and that was too much for me and so one session how long is one session one session's one hour and it's basically one session because I only saw her once a month so by the end of the month I get the statement and it was around like $200 and that became um unfortunately too much for me so I stopped seeing her right when COVID precautions were starting in 2020 so I stopped seeing her in March I think or April of 2020 and um yeah and since then I'd be thinking about like damn I I do want to like go back to therapy and stuff but I just knew that it was like out of my budget right 
so and also with you being out of state out of state now mm-hmm. how, do you know how that would work well now that i'm going out of state especially since i haven't seen her since last year i just kind of um i'm just gonna transition away if i do continue to see a therapist i'll find someone over there hmm. that yeah can help but i do really appreciate and like really like my therapist right now like she works for me and that's something that um people recommend for people who are seeking a therapist Mm -hmm. is that you kind of like in a sense have to quote unquote shop for a therapist and make sure that they're a good fit for you because kind of like what you were saying earlier about some of the counselors at our college Mm -hmm. they like demographic wise they just don't really like understand us as much and have the similar experiences that we do but sometimes you can find someone because my therapist is also a Hmong woman, mm-hmm. but sometimes you can find therapists who aren't a Hmong woman who maybe still have similar experiences or still, like, gets you. Yeah. But, yeah, you definitely do have to shop around a bit, so I feel like that's kind of another hard experience that you kind of have to go through, too. But thankfully, my first therapist was someone that was a good fit. I just looked at my calendar, and I started therapy March of this year. This year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... I would say it was expensive too. How I found her was, I think, we're on this Facebook group for BIPOC. It's like a kind of like a job board, a leadership board. Like a community group? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I saw somebody was saying like, oh, if you go, I think it's like Therapists of Color Network or something. So um, these therapists, like they, they do sliding scale and that's how I found her. And I found her and I just contacted her. I just was like, hey, uh, like... I didn't really know what to do. I didn't, like, you know, the shopping for a therapist. I was yeah. like, I just don't know what to ask. Right. Um, and you you get a free consultation, 15 minutes. <coughs> oh. I did up to 30 minutes. Uh-huh. And she was just kind of like, hey, look. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's going to become a session if you keep talking. Yeah. But yeah, it was, we talked, uh, you know, it was just like, why, why are you seeking therapy? Why me? You know, and like... I think I was just very shocked at the price that she gave me. So mm-hmm. her sliding scale, I think it was like 30 to 90 on the website. So I was like, oh yeah, I saw you on this website. So, and in my head, I was like, okay, if it's 30, then she's going to meet me at 30, right? <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, it was a sliding scale of 30 to 90. So I was like, oh, she's going to meet me at 30. And when we when we talked, I was like, and you know, we're talking and I was like, okay, now I think it's time to bring up like the price question, yeah. right? And I think it's always an awkward thing. Yeah. Uh, and I talked to her and she was like, oh, my regular sessions are 100. And I was like, oh, <laughs> uh, 100? So I was like, wait, I'm very confused because mm-hmm. on this website, it was 30. So I was like, oh, well, I saw you on this website and it said your sliding scale was 30 to 90. And she was like, e- oh, okay, yes. On that website, my sliding scale is 30 to 90, but I typically don't do 30. Um, I usually do 60. And I was like, oh, okay, so like, why would you promote yourself as 30? You right, know? right, right. So I was very confused and I was like, okay, well... I think you're out of my range because, again, I was earning $10 an hour and I was working, like, nothing for for theater. I <laughs> feel very strongly about that. Um, but I was just like, I can't afford that. Like, that's half my paycheck. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I can't. Like, that's not livable. I mean, I was already living on something non-livable. Yeah. So, like, I really was not going to survive. 
And she was like, okay, so what's comfortable with you? And we went back and forth. And I was like, I think 50 is what I'm most comfortable with. And she was like, okay, we can do 50. And, you know, like, I think that was, like, I was really surprised that she accommodated to me. Because, you know, I I think, like, while I was talking to her about like, the accommodation of price, I was just kind of like, okay, do you really need it? Like, you're really hustling your way to get therapy, you know? Mm. And then, But she did say to me, like, you know, I'm going to do you 50 because, yes, you found me on that website, but if you were to book me on that website, then um, they would take a part of the mm. pay. Mm-hmm. So she was like, and you're contacting me independently, so I'm okay with that, and I'm also not under insurance and stuff. Um, so I was like, okay. So, yeah, and I think that was kind of it. I, you know, there were some... And my sessions are only 55 minutes. Mm. So I, I think it's five. I think it's like technically 50 minutes, but it's like five minute grace period. Yeah. So I was always just kind of like, oh, like, am I even getting a good deal? Mm. And I didn't realize how often you had to go therapy. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought I was like, in my head, I really was like, okay, $50 a month. Um, not a bad thing. And then she told me like, well, typically with like new clients, you want to meet more and then you meet less later on. Yeah. And I was like, how much more? And she was like, usually we do every week. Mm. And then like by the second or third month, we start to do like, you know, once, like, you know, once a month or, you know, something like that. Mm. So I was like, oh God, like that's a lot of money, like a hundred dollars for therapy. And I was like. If I was to have done one session and I was told that I could pay only one, that would already be one session, you know? Yeah. So I was just, like, very stressed. Honestly, it was really hard for me to really pay for it. And, like, I don't know. I, w- I mean, now it's a little easier for me to pay for it um, because, you know, I have a job that pays more. But I, I just still feel like that's... I don't know. It's like, It's just a lot of... It's a lot of money. And yeah. sometimes I feel like I'm wasting that money or throwing that money away when most of the like for the 30 minute of the session I'm crying mm. and I was like I really pay someone fifty dollars an hour just crying in front of them so but do you feel like it's helpful though and like do you feel like you learn new things about you I the do process? yeah I do I do learn about those things yeah I was recently just talking to Ping about like I don't think I need therapy anymore yeah 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 because <laughs> it feels like you reach sometimes you reach this point where you're like oh like all my problems in life we've talked about it I'm solved yeah and I'm gonna move on and then something triggers you and right, right, <laughs> you're right. back to square one yeah. So, yeah no I feel you I feel you because even when like I would go to therapy some days I feel like Okay, okay, first of all, like, I always feel awkward going into therapy because every session, I never knew how to freaking start it. Mm-hmm. And I I'm, um, I don't know how you and your therapist start yours, but, like, whenever we go, we, like, just kind of small talk, and she'd be like, oh, my God, how, like, how are you? Good to see you again. I'm just like, I'm doing good. And then we would talk about, like, some random stuff, and then when, like, we're done catching up about the day, she just stares at me, and, like, she just <laughs> stares deeply at me, and I'm just staring back at her, like... Oh my god, I don't know what to say. I don't know what I want to talk about today. I don't know. Like, sometimes I felt like I didn't know how to do therapy. Mm. Which was an interesting experience for me because I feel like, um... Like, there, sometimes there's so much I want to talk about. But at the same time, sometimes I feel like there's not enough to talk about. Or that, like, I'm all over the place and I want to talk about this and that and that. And how they kind of connect with each other. And so, I just don't really know. And then, uh, my therapist, she will always just stare back at me and smile and say... It's your session, so we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Which is really interesting, because, like, for the first um, 
consultation that I have with my therapist. She actually didn't call it that. She just said it's a session, but it's, well, she said it's not a session, but it's a, it's more like a get to know you to see Mm -hmm. where we can meet each other. And then, yeah. And during that, she asked me how often I want to meet with her and stuff. And like, she continued to ask me like how often I want to see her and stuff. So yeah, it's pretty interesting how different people approach their work differently too. And you also, your therapist doesn't take notes, right? Is that what you said last time? No, she doesn't. Not while we're meeting, no. Um, and also, my therapist is telework. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I meet her remotely. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to start to meet her in person pretty soon. And I'm just nervous. I'm just like, I've never met you in person. And it feels, like, weird if we meet in person. Because, I don't know, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and my, my therapist, she takes notes mm-hmm. while I'm talking. Yeah. And I think the hard thing for me is, like, if we're, okay, like, if I finish a session and I was, like, yeah, and then I'm talking, and, like, we ended it about, like, a topic about my dad. Mm-hmm. Right? And then the next session, I'm always, like, are we going to talk about my dad? Right. Or are we going to talk about my day or my week? Like, yeah. What? And then, like, she never brings it up. <laughs> and a part of me is like, did you care? Like, did you care to talk? Did you, you know, but then, I don't know. I was always kind of like, I don't know. Like, why aren't you bringing up about our last session? Yeah. And I think it was you or Ping who was like, well, typically they don't bring it up. Yeah. Unless you bring it up. Right, yeah. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I feel like you're going to need to bring it up because obviously it's awkward to me to like talk about it again mm-hmm. when it was like such heightened emotion in like the last session and like this new session I like it's a new week I feel different now yeah so how do you start like your sessions honestly we just go into it oh uh, it's like a, hey how are you good okay what are we talking about today oh yeah see like my therapist never asked that after we do- we're done catching up about the day uh-huh. that's just it and so I'm always just like do I just say okay today I want to talk about this or do I be like so about last time when we <laughs> talked this is the follow up you know yeah. which like there, there has been time when like sometimes it's we flow into it easier but other times it's not so yeah yeah I think it'll be interesting um, to kind of think about how different therapists work for you and I think back to your point about sometimes you feel like you're okay um, and then other times you just get triggered again that's honestly how I've been feeling since I stopped seeing my therapist because mm. at the at the wake of COVID, um, I was also like, I don't want to pay that much money if we're just going to do it through telework. Because mm-hmm. um, I do value like the in-person experience and stuff. And so I was like, you know what? I'll just take a break for now. Especially like, I don't know if I'm going to get furloughed or like laid off of my job and stuff. And mm-hmm. so uh, when we stopped all throughout covid up until now i've always been in an influx of like oh my god like i wish i could go see my therapist but then like the next day feeling like okay maybe i feel better but then like the next week i'd be like it would be nice to see her and stuff like that so yeah it's it's interesting and like honestly i feel like i should but you know it unfortunately goes back to the money yeah Mm mm-hmm yeah, and I think, I don't know, I think therapy is a good thing. Like, now that I, like, right now we're in the phase of just getting to know me and my past. Mm-hmm. And, because, like, all my current events, I guess, I have no issues. Like, mm-hmm. I always, every day or every week when I know the session was going to come, I felt like subconsciously I was trying to find something mm-hmm. that was, like, going to upset me. Oh, interesting. And like, in your present day? Yeah. So, oh, I was I was trying to find something to, like, talk about. So, I was like, okay, what's going to annoy me, you know? And, you know, it, it happened. And I re- start realizing like that's not really healthy. Like you're you're just picking on like random things, 
And then now that we're talking about my past and everything, it feels weird. Like it feels like I'm gaining like this superpower. <laughs> like that's why that's why sometimes I feel like I don't need it anymore because I'm like, oh, well, I'm I'm fixed, right? Like I know about myself enough. Like I don't have things that I seek anymore mm-hmm. um, in my everyday life to get upset at. But it's also like I don't know. It's like I also know that I avoid things. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. 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 Moving forward onto like all this therapy talk, I would love to talk about like self care. You mentioned it a little about like how our school used to do like self care events. You know, like they would do like make your own bath bomb, yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. So I would love to like know. I just, I just, I want to talk more about it and like debunk the myths of self care because yeah. mm-hmm. I feel like self care is such a uh, marketing tool. Yeah. Towards women, especially. Yeah. And it's just like. I don't know, and it's always like you you see you see it more now too, like with influencers or even celebrities, right? Like, mm-hmm. remember when uh, COVID was going kind of like the height of COVID, and the Kardashians were on like their trips to Mexico or something, and they're like, we just needed time away from all this craziness, and oh, like really? you yeah. know, like in a way that was their self care, right, right, right. But I, but then it's kind of like, but at the expense of who, right, right. So I. Yeah. I don't know. I just want to talk about self-care and like just like marketing tools and stuff and how you feel about them. Yeah, no, I think that's a good topic because I think I said this earlier, but I feel like people romanticize self-care now. Mm. And like you said, it's like a huge marketing tool. At the end of the day, self-care looks so different for everyone. Yeah. Especially when you have different personalities and like when you cope with things differently. Like something I learned for myself is that, for example, a cliche, cliche bath is like one of those cliche things on how you do self-care but not everyone has an accessible bathtub to them or maybe like you know stuff like that for me sometimes I do like baths but they're not like my go-to you know yeah um I've learned for myself that like sometimes what I really need is alone time but Mm -hmm. other times what I really need is time with other people yeah and it's so interesting because for me like I'm still learning the different ways and how I like to take care of myself and like some of the things that I want most but no I think that like self-care is so overly romanticized now in terms of tying it into buying products and like you know splurging and capitalism (laughs) yeah no I definitely agree self-care is also like trendy Right. Like, you know, like, that trend of, like, that girl, mm-hmm. which is, like, the girl who wakes up at 6 a.m., drinks coffee, or makes her smoothie bowl, goes to the gym, mm-hmm. and then, like, you know, mm-hmm. like, her life is put together. Yeah, skincare. Yeah. Like, yeah, at the end of the day, light a candle and yeah. go to bed in their nice bed. Right. And also, like, that, I think, like, you know, some self-care things do work. Like, right. intentions or, like, things you're grateful for. Yeah. But it's also kind of like, okay, what if I have nothing to be grateful for? <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, I don't know. Like, I I remember doing that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it works, but only to a degree. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, why do I, like, I'm writing the same thing. And it's like, every time one of those topics is my dog. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful for Like, it just feels, like, silly to, like, Mm -hmm. keep writing about it, you know? But I think that's okay. I think it's okay to, like, be grateful (laughs) for the same thing every day. I agree. I just feel like. I feel like because we're always taught or like I'm always seeing like you have to be like it has to be new and exciting mm. yeah and like also romanticizing like of yeah. course like there's there's that thing of like saying like 
I'm falling in love with my life. Uh-huh. You know, or like living your best life and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And I feel like that's like the epitome of self care. Of like, like that's that's like after you do all that self care, you go through all the therapy and everything. That's how you have to be. It like that's your yeah. outcome. You have to fall in love with your life. You have to fall in love with yourself every single day. Right, right, right. And it's like, well, like what about the days that are bad? Yeah, you know? because then it at the end of the day, when for example, like it's become a, an aesthetic. Yeah, over a practice yeah. type of thing because like for people like some people they're like I'm so ready to fall in love with myself or like I'm so in love with myself and I'm ready to continue to level up and continue living my best life yeah. which is like it's great you do you but then at the end of the day like don't let that cover up for the down days that you have right. or the bad days that you have because everyone has bad days and not everyone's willing to show that yeah. people only want to show and glamorize the good things yeah. Yeah. and so yeah and I think also like I think we need to dive I mean this might be another topic but we need to dive into like the cultural responses yeah. of self care uh-huh. in like mental health because mm. like you have to agree that you you have to have a bit of privilege to be able to indulge in those type mm-hmm. of things you know mm-hmm. to be able cause like you know like again like even though I'm 24 I still feel like I the issues I have is diminished or not big enough to be actual issues because then I, not, then people are saying like well you're only 24 like you know like you're still young and mm-hmm. everything but I'm like okay but like I still got issues yeah. <laughs> like but it, but then again we don't want it to be the oppression Olympics right 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 so it's always like a, it's like it's always like where do I like where's the line for me yeah yeah. it's almost like you're always gonna have to suppress that stuff because then there's always I mean like yeah to your point like there's always something to be grateful for yeah but then what if some days like you really just can't get out of that rut and stuff mm-hmm. like that which is like real so yeah do you like to watch like those YouTube videos or like those like aesthetic videos of like the um, teens <laughs> yeah like the self-care videos and honestly I don't mm-hmm. like those are the one things I don't seek but when I was younger I was so into like people's morning routines mm-hmm. and night routines and in a way like that was their self-care right yeah but like yeah. now it's just a different title so I remember just my younger self like aspiring to do that like I was mm-hmm. just like I want my shampoo to be in other bottles that aren't <laughs> that aren't the branch that you know bottles yeah. and stuff and I just thought like mat- yeah again like material things yeah were and like that aesthetic was what was going to allow me to reach that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah no I agree I think it's like very tied into like those kind of practices and the way that people glamorize it and yeah. stuff is very connected to just an image mm-hmm. at the end of the day yeah so what do you what is what do you think or what do you wish like now that we're older like these student orgs or like these um departments at universities or schools like when they're doing like the bath bomb events like what do you wish that they actually did or they did more i think some of it is just like helping people build their emotional intelligence and awareness Mm -hmm. and like not that i don't appreciate those type of events sometimes those are like fun and it's hands-on too so it helps people get to like take a break from you know the world outside which is helpful like sometimes that's the self-care people need to but i think like helping people be more aware about what exactly they need because maybe that doesn't fit for everyone and trying out different things don't do only bath bomb events or don't do only like beauty events Mm -hmm. as self-care because not saying this was a good event or anything but like when I was in RA one of the events I did was like an art event Mm. which is like those are nice too because some people 
people like they use art as a method to decompress and relax and so yeah have like variety of events on what people can do have people um i think like think about long-term things you know because the bath bomb's only gonna last you for however long <laughs> in that bath but what about afterwards what are you gonna do about it too right. you know yeah yeah i think that's such a good segue to um just wanting to talk about tips mm-hmm and like uh, maybe this is again like tips to our younger self but mm-hmm. also like just tips to our viewers who are listening and saying like they might be wondering if they want to do therapy yeah. but it's also again like a financial barrier yeah. or stuff like do you have any tips or any resources on just to help with mental health yeah or like anything in general like of anything with- yeah maybe um, like for me I'll share like some of the things I do that mm-hmm. kind of work for me or that I've tried in the past yeah. I think like I said a lot of it has to do with an individual and knowing what you need as a person yeah what works for you what doesn't but um i do appreciate therapy i really like therapy and so if you are able to see a therapist i highly encourage it um like sunny's sunny's therapist some people are willing to work with you on pricing some people do have sliding scale some do pro bono work and stuff um another thing that i do like to do is journal i don't do it all the time and i notice that i do it mostly when i'm like really really sad too um which i don't know i think that does help me but sometimes when i read back on it it's also kind of like damn but it's a good it's a nice habit for me i do do uh gratefulness or what is that gratitude Gratitude journaling Uh i do crafts it helps like again keep my mind and my hands busy Mm -hmm. with that stuff um i write so i say like figure out what tactics work for you go for walks for sure like definitely go for walks and drink water and also sleep well too yeah mm-hmm. for me i you know before i had therapy i i just talked to myself because mm-hmm. again i think it was just my issue of like not wanting to feel like a burden i have this thing where i hate feeling like indebted to people and i feel like yeah you are like that. i feel like i have this like weird like this past weekend i was cleaning my room and i was like i have a lot of personal debt that i need to pay off before i leave this earth you know like i don't know how to explain it but like i hate that feeling no, of like know, feeling yeah. in debt to people like you don't want to feel like a burden yeah yeah and i also just feel like it's like for example like if my c if my c cooked for me today in my head i'm like okay now i gotta cook for her <laughs> <laughs> like now i owe her a meal you know like thinking of like that which is like problematic in a way but i think it's also like a cultural thing yeah yeah, yeah. like i feel like i don't know i feel like that's a you like one of my friends said okay i'm going on a tangent but one of my friends said that like in the u.s like it's never it's not really a you give I give or you give I take like it's a kind of a mutual thing Mm. where in the in Asia, especially in Asia, like it's always like if you do something, that I have to do something to combat mm-hmm. that thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Which I I see both ways. So I don't know if it's true. Yeah. But uh, what I did in college when I needed, I did this in senior year, which I think really helped was I had Christmas lights in my room, so I turned off the and I I was in, I had my room by myself, and I would just uh, put the recorder on my phone and just talk to myself. And you know, I think it was great. It felt like there was someone in the room with me, even though there was no one and it felt like I was able to just talk it through and as I was talking or just crying like I just came to a realization of like what I needed help at that moment I think that was really helpful um and I would say that was to me the closest thing I ever got to therapy and then uh, yeah like mine see like just finding things that bring you joy or you know sometimes the best thing is just to do nothing 
-hmm. Like, I feel like I have this habit of, like, productiveness is a way to make me avoid. Like, avoidance things. For sure, it does. I try to avoid a lot of my emotions, so I try to keep busy. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. It's kind of a back and forth episode of like our journey but you know that's just kind of how mental health is it's mm-hmm. it feels like running in a circle every single time never linear yeah. it's like a relay race but <laughs> you can never cross the finish line So thanks for joining us for today's episode. This was really fun to talk about. Also, give us feedback on how you felt. You know, uh, we're always open to it. And again, we highly, highly recommend you to send us a story if you want. Uh, we would love to talk about it and hear from you. You can send us your story at teambeyondfriends at gmail.com. And if you like our podcast, please give us a rating, share with your friends, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Team Beyond Friends. That's it for now. Until next time. Bye-bye.